If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with us to the book of Acts, chapter 8. <clears throat> we'll see how long this thing's going to last. While you are standing up, you, if you looked at your bulletin up at the top, look at your bulletin up at the top where it says, uh, Word Up, are you ready? Word up, the Lord is good, amen. <clears throat> My spark plugs, he was raring to go. I don't ever want her to file out, you know. Filed out plug, don't fire. Acts eight twenty six, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem into Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, all her belongings, all her money, and had come to Jerusalem for one reason, for to worship was returning back to his home, sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I unless some man guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him in the chariot. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and, he who shall declare, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And that's from Scripture in Isaiah 53, 7 and 8. Okay, verse 34 says, And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, would you please help me? Who is this speaking of? A prophet? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Scriptures and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way... <coughs> They came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, Here, see, here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when he was come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, for he went on his way. Father, we ask you to help us today <clears throat> to try to understand what you're saying to us as individuals. And we'll thank you, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Tag team preaching thing, Mac. You must be ready, son. 
Have you ever heard an angel speak? Other than my wife? Hey. You ask her to share with you her full name. Dorothy Angel Lynn Owen. Have you ever heard an angel speak? I don't know that I want to. I don't know that if an angel audibly spoke to me that I could handle it, okay? Although God speaks to us in his still small voice. Now, to know where God wants you to be and to be at that location at the right time is important. I've been many places in my life, and some places I've been I'm not proud of. But there are other places I've been I was glad that I was there. For it was an appointed time that God had located me at a certain place at a certain time to say a certain thing. That's tough. To know where God wants you and to locate that, it is not easy. It's an everyday seeking. Oh, I know, hey, we go to our regular jobs, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about maybe, hey, at a break time or at lunch time or at getting off time or before you start time. God may have you located at a certain place at a certain time. I could name several. One of those is at a gas pump. Had no clue who the guy was. But he got out of his car about the time I did. We both cranked the pumps up about the same time. And he just cut loose the preaching right there at the pump. I, had a, I just enjoyed listening to him. He said, what good was that? Maybe he had a word for me. If nothing else, to encourage me <clears throat> that there's more than myself out there sharing the word. You don't have to be a preacher. All you got to be is a saved person excited about what God's doing in your life and just share it with somebody. You know, when people get saved, I always tell us, listen, wherever you go from right here, all you got to do is say, hey, guess what happened to me? Listen, in all of my life, every time I've ever said, guess what happened to me? Everybody stops because they want to know what's happened to you. And you tell them. Hey, I just got saved. I mean, hey, I'm trying to live for the Lord. And you share that with people. Listen. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Okay, three simple questions. Is spiritual life real to me? You ask yourself that. Is a spiritual life real to me? You say, well, what are you talking about? Such as praying. Praying. Many people call during the week, call the church office, call me, call Brother Larry. Hey, pray for so-and-so. Put them on the prayer list. Prayer. 
Yes, it's a spiritual thing. Brother Johnny Lay and Brother Richie Brock were hiking this week and called me, wanting me to pray with them up on the trail. So I said, sure, I'll be glad to. I was in a restaurant. I didn't think a thing about it, okay? I'm in a restaurant. And uh, Brother Richie said, hold on a minute. Let me put it on speakerphone where Brother Johnny can hear. So I just cut loose praying. I mean, I wasn't hollering, but I was just normal talking. I mean, I was just talking to God, praying for the boys. Well, no, I didn't have my eyes shut and didn't have my head bowed, okay? But as I'm praying, I, I, there was a, a table of about six people across the world. Every one of them turned and looked. I just kept on going. I bet they thought, man, man ain't right. <laughs> he ain't right. He's talking to himself. You can talk to God anywhere, anytime, about anything, right? That's what we teach our Good News Club kids. You can ask them, when can you pray? They'll say, anytime. Who you pray to? God. Okay, that was the first question. Is your spiritual life real? Do you pray? Or do you just say, hey, pray for us. It's okay to say pray for us. But pray also. Pray for one another. A second question. Is spiritual understanding alive? In your life? Say, what do you mean? I'm talking about feeling the presence of the Lord. You know, the Holy Spirit lives within all of us who are saved. In fact, the Spirit is at present right here. In fact, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit of God, is present because he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be right in the middle of it to bless. So, do we experience, do we understand, is the spiritual life alive in us? Third question, is spiritual, uh, is spiritual principle strong in your life? In other words, the Word of God. He gives us principles to live by. If nothing else, the Ten Commandments. Just to live by the Ten Commandments that Moses received from the Lord. Yes, he broke the first set, got mad, just like any of us would do. But, you know, God had patience, God had mercy. And he said, son, if you come back up here, I'm going to give them to you one more time. And he did, and we have those spiritual principles to live by. Are we, do we, have we shared those with our youngins? Are we sharing them with our grand youngins, great grand young, friends, acquaintances, people we work with? Listen, the Bible says if we break one, we've broken all of them. I stand before you guilty. Principles. Psalm 37, 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. You know what? That's a plan. Trust in the Lord and do good. Well, you know, it's a known fact just about in this world, you can't hardly trust a soul. There are far and few between people who you can trust. Trust in the Lord and do good. That is a plan. Secondly, then that verse says, so shalt thou dwell in the land. That's a place. Right now we're dwelling in this place. 
But God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, is preparing us as his children another place. Okay? Spiritual things that come along that we, uh, we recognize and we, we do and we go forward. That verse continues. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. And the third part of that verse says, and verily thou shalt be fed. That's the purpose, okay? So what we have in God's word right there is a plan, a place, and a purpose. God has a plan for every one of us in this room right now. He has a plan for your life. He has a, he has a purpose for your life. And he has a place for you to be. You say, well, I'm a nobody. You might think you are a nobody, but God knows who you are. You may not be saved, but God still knows who you are. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you have just come out of. He knows where you are, and he knows what's ahead of you. That's why it's so important to trust the Lord with all that we have, because he knows where we're going. He knows what's ahead of us, okay? Now, I gave this title. This title is just, it's very long. It's, Servants who are sensitive to the Spirit of God. Servants. Are you a servant? Say, no, I'm a slave. Well, whose fault's that? I'm not a slave, okay? I am a servant. Now, if we're slaves, we're slaves to sin. Sin will cause us to become slaves, and we're bound to it, and we try to get away from it, and it just hangs on because we're too prideful to go and ask God to forgive us and put that behind us where we can live for it. No, I'm not a slave. I am a servant who... I am sensitive to the Spirit of God. Now listen, you may not realize how important it is to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Now listen, it makes the difference, it could make the difference in a person's life whether they go to hell or heaven. The person you're seated by right now, the person that's behind you or in front of you or to your left or to your right, Don't be unsensitive to their needs. They may not share those needs with you. But God may reveal to you in a way that you say, hey, I I need to talk to that person. Are you okay? How's things going for you? We need to be sensitive to one another's needs. The problem I see in the world today, hey, we don't care. We don't care about one another. Oh, we care about our family. We love our family. We pray for our family, most of us. Well, what about our friends? What about our relatives? What about our acquaintances? Do we care the way they're going? You know, we try to coach people. We try to counsel people. We try to tell this is what the Word of God says you need to do. But you can't make folk do it. Most times, you know, you find it, they're going to do what they want to, like they want to, and they don't care who knows it. And it leads to no good. I mean, no good. Okay, we're going to get into this sermon now, okay? Servants who are sensitive to the Spirit of God, first of all, listen, can be led to hungry men. Now, when I think about being led to hungry men, I'm talking about being led to a person who is lost, who needs Jesus, okay? Yeah, we drive down the road and you see people holding up big pasteboard sign, hungry, we'll work for food. I wonder about that. 
They say, well, we saw him standing on the other corner over yonder yesterday. Now he's over here on this corner. Now, you know, God knows, all right? And I don't mind buying a man of uh, uh, somebody something to eat. I don't have a problem with that. But I, I'm through giving away money, okay? I could do pretty well if I just had back what I've given away to deadbeat bums, okay? But I don't mind buying for this. And I, and I thought about that man. I've seen him several times. I saw the park over yonder in the parking lot about close to dark and dust and see what he gets in and where he goes. Might be surprised what he drives. Might be surprised where he lives. But he's out there. Simply says, hungry, we'll work for food. I've only run across two people in my life that was willing to do that. They told me what they needed. I said, well, you mind working? I'll feed you if you work. Yes, sir, I'll work. And they did. Servants who are sensitive to the Spirit of God will be led to hungry men. Not only physically hungry, but spiritual, <clears throat> spiritually hungry. You see, the Ethiopian was a hungry man. Now, not for food. He was hungry for the Word of God. The Bible says he had gone to Jerusalem to, to worship. Well, I'm just crazy enough. I wanted to know, how far did he travel, you reckon? Well, from Ethiopia, Africa, to Jerusalem, Israel, what I understood and discovered is 1,200 miles just to worship. Well, that's what the Bible says. He went there to Jerusalem to worship. He didn't go to buy, even though he was in charge of everything Queen of Candace, the queen had. No, but he had the treasure. He had plenty of money. You see, distance makes no difference when it comes to worshiping God or feeding our belly. Hello? We'll drive at length. Furthest I think we've ever driven is from, from uh, Fire Plata, Atlanta, Georgia, just to eat at a certain restaurant. Just to eat. Okay, he was hungry. He had traveled some 1,200 miles. Well, I got to figure, and you know, how, how long do you think it took him to get there? 1,200 miles. I said, well, you know, if he drove, if he, if he traveled uh, 50 miles a day, and that'd be pushing it in a chariot probably. Even if that, if that would have took him 24 days. He had heard about the big Jerusalem worship and wanted to go and be a part of it. And so he got things ready and the queen said, sure, go, it's all right. So he went. No, he didn't have a car. He didn't have a plane. He didn't have a train. And sure enough, didn't have no cell phone. Just a chariot. And whatever was pulling it, I'm sure it was a big horse, might have been two, on a dusty dirt road. The sad thing about this story, y'all, listen. According to the Bible, he came away from that worship service not having a clue who the Lamb of God was. According to Scripture. Came away from the service not knowing who the Lamb of God was. So right here we need to stop. If you don't know who the Lamb of God is, it's Jesus Christ who died on the cross who we have just celebrated his resurrection. He is alive. He is well. He is preparing a place for you and me right now. And he's going to come back. 
So I don't want you to go away from this worship service today, whether you've traveled one mile or a hundred miles to get here. I don't want you to go away and say, wonder who the Lamb of God is. I'm going to tell you something. As far as my preaching, I better preach it. As far as Mark's singing, he better sing it. As far as you as a Sunday school teacher, you better teach it. As far as the rest of us, all of us who witness, you better witness that the, that the Lamb of God is Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you and me. The Bible says, uh, in uh, talking about this hungry man, he was reading the Word of God. How many lost people you think visit here and go away from here and go down the road reading the Word of God? Probably very few, if any. Now, I don't know where he got his copy. I have no idea, but the Bible says he was, he was sitting in his chair reading from the book of Isaiah. So he had a portion of God's Word. No, I doubt if he had a Bible. I know he didn't have a full Bible. But he, he had, at least he had a copy of, of, of the book of Isaiah, and he was reading it. Can you imagine not having a copy of God's Word? I'm satisfied you, 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 every household, surely the goodness has got a Bible. Let me say it this way. If you're in here today and your household does not have a Bible, please see me before you leave here because you need one. You may not need it today, but you're going to need it. And the sad thing, hey, and I'm not hopping on anybody. I'm just, just making mention of it. Some of you don't even, you even bring your Bible with you. What do you expect? You know, I didn't get too good a grade when I showed up in class and didn't have my books. The old boy had a soft, tender heart. He was reading God's Word and waiting on somebody. Well, secondly, he was not only, will, will sensitive service be led to hungry men, but we also can be led to become a helpful messenger. Helpful messenger. Not a slave, but a helpful messenger. A helpful servant. You know, every one of our responsibilities as a Christian is to be a helper. To help one another. To help each other. In order to, know that, in order to do that, we must know the Lamb. We've got to know the Lamb personally. Look at, look, look at verse 31. It tells us what we need to do. The, the, the unit says, how can I accept some man, look what it says, guide me. I need a guide, y'all. Hey, this is my guide. Okay, you, you have, hopefully you have a guide. On the other hand, not only the word of God, but having a person to be your guide. Now, I've been down the Chattooga River, but not by myself and not alone. I went with a guide. That means he'd already been there before. He knew where the bad places are, and he knows where the good places are. And so he guided the raft so we would be saved. No, I didn't get thrown out. I'll safely reach the destination. For one reason at least, I had a guide. No, I wouldn't take you down it, so don't ask. Even though I've been... I'm not qualified to be a guide. What qualifies me to be a guide in the Word of God is I've been saved. I know who the Lamb is. And I share the Word of God based on what it says, not what I think it says, but what the Word of God says. Now, a helpful messenger. You've got to know the Lamb. You've got to be a good guide. And, and look at that same verse again. 
And he desired Philip. In other words, he begged him, Philip, get up here in this chariot with me. Come on up and sit with me. Sit with me. Meaning, I want you to take some time with me. I don't want you to be standing up pacing the floor or running along beside the chariot. Come up and sit with me so you can tell me who is this scripture talking about. And so Philip, uh, hey, it's, it's just a beautiful story that will lead any of us to become a helpful messenger. Helpful messenger. Not, not to hurt anybody, but to help them. And you see, when we are good guides and when we are lighthouses and when we are good messengers, we train and others become good, helpful messengers also. All right. We're talking about... Servants who are sensitive to the Spirit of God. Thirdly, we'll be led to share a, a, a message that is very hopeful. People need a, a, a message of hope today, y'all. A message of hope. Hope in the Lord. You know, hey, you go to the doctor. You, know, you expect the worst. And, and we say, well, I, I hope everything comes out all right. Listen, my hope is in the Lord. And no matter what they say I've got or don't have or got to go in there and root and dig and, and whatever... God is in control and my hope is in him. I'm a winner either way. If I got it, okay. If I can live with it, all right. If I can't, let me pass on out of here and give somebody else a spot. But my hope is in the Lord because he is in charge. You know what the Bible, I love what it says. He said he knows my inward parts. He knows about this nose trouble. He knows about this throat trouble. And they say we're supposed to get, what, two, three, four days of rain. I told somebody, don't get upset if you see the river running yellow. It's not sulfur, it's the stuff that's in the air. Lynn had the car washed. It don't look like it's been touched. I mean, it's got a tint of yellow on it. And I'm just crazy enough. I went out early this morning. I just wanted to get some fresh air. I'd been cooped up all night trying to breathe my mouth open, lips, chapped, throat dry. Well, I probably asked for it. I just went out and went, oh, give me another dose of yellow stuff, you know. But that's how it is. If the stuff is here, what you going to do? You can't do without it, it seems. It's the pollination. It's the things that go on that makes the flowers bloom and the, and the trees turn green and, and the grass turn green. And, and on and on, God has a cycle. Hey, first said, well, if I lived here, I'd move. Well, go ahead and move. It gives me more breathing room. I need, I need all, all the help I can get. All right, this, this, this uh, hopeful messenger. Look, look at verse 35. And Philip opened his mouth. I love that. Now, Philip wasn't running his mouth. Say, well, crazy thing. You, you mean you drove 24 days and you went to Jerusalem to worship and you come away and didn't even know who the land was. Well, man, can you not hear? What's wrong with you? Uh-uh. That's the way some of us act. We act so crazy. We can't keep our mouth shut. We can talk about any and everything except God. We are afraid to talk about Jesus. Again, back in that restaurant, I don't know who those people were. I don't know that I'd ever seen them before. They may have seen me. If they had, they know who I was and they ought to know who I was talking to. No, I didn't get up and go over and apologize. I did what I was asked to do, okay? 
And I go back to the little good news kids. I can pray anywhere, anytime I want to, about anything I want to, and I pray to God. Who hears, the Bible says, the cries of his children. Well, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture where the old boy was. I love it when somebody wants to be saved and, and you, you open up the word of God and, 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 and say, I want you to follow along with me. I'm going to read it and you follow along with me and just read and let the word of God do the speaking. It's, it's just a good feeling. Let, let God do the speaking. I don't always say the right things. I, a lot of, most of the time I say the wrong thing and it don't mean to. It just comes out. But Philip, it says, and he opened his mouth and began at the same scripture. And look what he did. Preached unto him Jesus. One person. So that tells me I'm qualified to preach to one or a thousand. Doesn't make any difference. But Philip did what God asked him to do. Joined himself to that chariot. Well, the rest of that story is about history. But the old boy, he knew about Jesus now. He knew something about being baptized. Because he said, hey. How come I can't be baptized? If, I, if I, I, I know who this man is, what hinders me here? Philip simply said, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? He said, I believe. The Bible says that Philip commanded the chariot, in verse 38, to stand still. Now, I don't even know if he said, whoa. I don't know what he said, but he commanded the chariot to stand still. Bible says they came down out of the chariot. They went out into the water. And Philip baptized the eunuch from Ethiopia, Africa. Bible says when this Ethiopian came up out of the water, he was happy. He was thrilled to death. And he went on his way back to his country. Now you listen. Think about Ethiopia today. Today. What happened to the gospel? We know it went back. We know it made it back. But what happened to it? Poor country, starving. Why? Because somebody dropped the ball. Listen, it could happen to America. Listen, do you realize that we are one generation away from being a lost nation? I know all this is going on over at Clemson, and I stand with... Uh, the coach there, I stand with him. But I, I'm going to tell you something. One letter, one phone call to stir up such a riot. And they said, I forget how many thousands of, 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 of uh, returns or letters or whatever has been sent in uh, saying, hey, let's go with it. How many letters or signed people did they have? I say we ought to not have done nothing. Let them spout and spit and sputter as far as I'm concerned. I don't want to give them any attention. But I think we ought to stand. When the time comes to stand, we ought to stand with with the right crowd, say the right things, and be at the right spots. But I'm sick and tired of one outfit telling me what I can't do. Don't tell me what I can't do because I'm going to kick and fight and fuss and I'm going to do it anyhow in spite of who you are. I've been in jail before. Hey, you all right, John? (laughs) 
three meals a day, clothes to wear. They better cut my tongue out when they arrest me, I can tell you. Amen. But the, the eunuch, hey, he's baptized. He went on back to his country. And the Bible says, and the Spirit called Philip to head on his way. Because Philip had done what God said to him. You know, prior to this, Philip was preaching in a revival. People was being saved. Things was happening. And God said, hey, this crowd's going to be okay. But there's an old boy out down yonder in the desert who ain't going to be okay if somebody don't tell him. He's done been to worship, has no clue what he's doing or who he's talking about. Please go. Bible says, and I asked you a question, when do you go as a helpful messenger? The Bible says Philip responded immediately. He went, he ran <clears throat> and caught up with his chariot. What a beautiful story. Servants who are sensitive to the Spirit of God. I want to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. I want to be doing what God wants me to do. It doesn't matter what He wants me to do or where He wants me to do it. It's my job to teach and to preach and to share the Word. It's my job to, to water it. It's your job to do the same thing. But God, in verse 36, will give the increase. And it's in our way they came to certain water. And the eunuch said, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? He stepped into water. Now, some of you don't believe, or you probably don't, we, we uh, participate sometimes. You don't believe in baptism. Okay, you don't believe in it. You don't believe you need to go into water. Sprinkling's okay. What in the world did the eunuch go out into the water for? He didn't go out there to take a bath. <laughs> he went out there to get baptized, and that means putting him all the way under the water. Jesus was baptized, okay, putting him all the way under the water. I don't know where they get this sprinkling and pouring from. It's not in there. He was baptized in obedience to the commands of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was baptized to set the example. You say, well, baptism don't save you. You're exactly right, but I tell you what. If I was physically able and I've been saved and hadn't been baptized, I'd get it done because I don't want to stand before God. And he said, well, hey, you know, you're going in, but I want to ask you a question. Why didn't you follow my son in baptism? What is your reason? What is your excuse? There is no excuse today. I'll share this and I'll quit with you. Many, many years ago, a lady I had visited for years and years and years become 70 years old, lost, and I'd talk and I'd talk. She had uh, um, diabetes so bad, she finally, she had a foot taken off. Then she had a leg taken off. And I kept talking to her and talking to her about being saved. And finally, one day, she prayed the prayer and invited Jesus into her heart. I said, Granny, would you, would you want to be baptized? She laughed. She said, now, preacher, be real. I got one leg. I can't be baptized. I said, well, Granny, do you trust me? I said, I mean, do you really trust me? She said, yes, I do. Man, you've been friends a long time. I said, okay, you listen. I, if you want to be baptized, I can baptize you if you trust me. She said, I trust you. I said, I'll, get, I'll work it out with my deacon men, and we'll do it if you'll just show up. Her family brought her to church that Sunday, ready to be baptized. Rolled her in in a wheelchair. Some of our men helped her out of that wheelchair into a metal folding chair. They carried her up two flights of stairs 
and then toted her out in the water, set the chair down. And I said, what you say? And just rocked the chair back. Baptized her. They towed her up out of the water, and some of our ladies was there to help her get dressed. She's in heaven today because she got saved. But she followed the Lord in baptism, and I got to do her funeral. Don't let something stand in the way, guys, of following the Lord. Servants who are sensitive to the Spirit of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch our hearts, our lives. Help us to be aware of those around us that might need you or need something. God, just help us just to be bold enough to go up and say, hey, can I help you? Can I pray with you? Is there anything I can do for you? Father, you know our congregation. You know who those who are sitting here right now, those who are facing situations they have no idea about. Things are upcoming, Lord, that uh, you know all about it. You know the outcome already. Lord, I pray that they put their faith and their trust and their hope in you to be a helpful messenger wherever they're located. And if there's any loss here, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they'd simply come forward and say, I want to be saved. Is there any backsliding, Lord, the altar's open. Help them to come. Whatever other reason anyone needs to come, Father, I pray that you'd help our people to be sensitive to those who might come to the altar today. In Jesus' name, amen.